Folks, welcome back to the Album Collection, the podcast where we take a deep dive into some of our favorite albums over the years and just kind of take a look at them and go from start to finish, which songs we like, discuss the album as a whole, and kind of what the artist was doing at the moment. So we're on episode six, and this episode we're tackling Luke Bryan's debut album, I'll Stay Me. So, Emily, I know you're a big Luke Bryan fan. Apologies for, not apologies for suggesting this, but um, this is a interesting album from the perspective that most people would consider this to be his only traditional sounding country album uh, before he started really infusing some of the contemporary elements to it. So what are your... What are your initial thoughts? Uh, I guess first when I said, hey, let's do this album, and then when you listen to it. So um, this album has probably one of my favorite Luke Bryan songs of all time on it. Um, I'm going to guess over, it. What? You want to guess it? Yeah. Okay. Which one? Um, we Rode in Trucks. <laughs> Why do you know me so well? <laughs> I just knew. Yeah, I love that song, and I have for a long, long time. Um, I actually didn't know it was a single release, but anyways. Um, yeah, this album just seems kind of, I want to say, I don't want to say like experimental, but kind of experimental in a way, because it's a real trip to listen to this album and <laughs> listen to like one margarita. You're just like, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Yeah, and there's the the weird thing is it's not like there's a lot of time in between. This was this came out in 2007, and One Margarita were at 2020, so it's you know 12, 13 years, and right. it's two completely different sounding songs, um, yeah. or sounds. But uh, yeah, and I think you know the the thing with Luke is I think people hate on him for dumb reasons. And yeah, he's not making this, yeah, the same type of music as Hank Williams, but honestly, right. there aren't many country artists now that are, and there weren't that many country artists 20 years ago that were making the sound, the, the sound, you know, uh, we, we talk about Toby Keith and, you know, he's, people call him country. And when he was coming up and his, some of his early stuff, people said was too pop sounding. So Right. Moral of the story: It's you can't really win, but I think Luke Bryan has because he's he's found his sound and he's found his niche, and it's it's worked out well for him. Uh, and I, I, there's there's a lot to like on this album, but I think he hit the nail on the head. There's there's a lot of experimentation. There's I guess there's not a, really a cohesive theme from the start to the finish as far as what the the sound is. It's Honestly, yeah. you can make the argument that any song here could go on any type of uh, any other album. Like it's, and by that I mean it, like it, it could fit in an album. It doesn't necessarily fit with each other. If that makes sense. You mean like another Luke Bryan album, or just anyone's album? I guess just anyone. It's it's. There's not like uh, like with with Eric Church, his albums. You know, it's like there's there's kind of a, a, a sound to it from the start to the right. finish, even if there's 
more that are ballads to ones that are more anthems here. I don't think so with this one. It, it's very country sounding. Like each song sounds very country. And when you get to like some of his other albums, he, he still has like the country flavor in like a few songs. And then he does have some that are more like a mixture of, of like pop and country and some that are kind of pretty much alt-right pop. So I would argue that this album, more than any of Luke's other albums, has a defining sound sound to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think maybe maybe it's just the, I don't know, there's just something about it that it doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem as, as cohesive necessarily as, you know, what did we do yeah. last week? We did Jody Messina's and hers, yeah. it sounds like, you know, okay, these are these are the hits. You know, it kind of all goes, right. it all fits. I don't know. There's for me, it's just it's just not all fitting right there yet. Yeah. But I like it. Really the, feels like um, I don't know. Like hearing these songs, I could see them written on a piece of notebook paper that Luke like accumulated over the years and kind of like threw it all together. Um, because he did, he wrote most of the songs, or like mm-hmm. at least quote most of them, which also. I don't know if he knew this, but he wrote good directions for Billy Carrington. Yeah. Uh, I feel when I was looking at this, cause this is his debut album. I'm like, I know he was a songwriter before, but I don't know any big cuts he had. And I guess that would be his, his main yeah. one. I'm sure he had some, some smaller ones cut on, you know, different albums that never got released as singles or did well, but right. And I believe I'm like a, I wouldn't call it a deluxe version. Maybe there was like a target version of this where instead of 11 songs, there were 12 and it had his version of it on. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's out there in the interwebs, but, uh, let's talk about the songwriters because there's, there's some that stick out, but I think the, the thing with this is we're, this is 2007 and for a debut album, the the quality of songwriters that had prior cuts it just really it just really jumped out to me like wow mm-hmm. like this these are songwriters that wrote with artists in the 80s 90s and these are you know songwriters that are still writing for artists of today including Luke um right. so I'll go down the list for a few of them uh Lonnie Wilson he wrote Brooks and Dunn's Honky Tonk Truth and Rascal Flatts, Love You Out Loud. Uh, Jeff Stevens is a songwriter on this album, and he's written a bunch of George Strait songs like Carried Away and Carrying Your Love With Me. Jim McBride is on this uh, project, and he's famously known for writing my favorite anthem, Chattahoochee by AJ. Uh, and then you can kind of go some some other songwriters like a, a Bob Regan who wrote Keith Urban's "You're Everything," one of his earlier hits. But then there's Jim McCormick who's written stuff for like Brantley Gilbert's "You Don't Know Her Like I Do." So there's there's a lot of these types of songwriters on here, and I guess it just showed that uh, whether it was Luke's connection with them. Uh, Luke's songwriting ability or the record label or a combination of that, um, that they, they came up with a good crop of songwriters that would turn out quality songs. Right. Yeah. I, I guess part of it too, 
because yeah, you're right. Because they must have had that connection with Luke. Because I'm just thinking because Luke did co-write most of the songs. I was thinking of like those songs that he didn't write, and they just come from songwriters who just write like ten songs in a week or something, and they just like throw them out there. So I always just wonder like those ones that Luke didn't write, um, and I don't know which ones they are like off the top of my head, but. What so, connection he felt with them, or you know, if it was meant for another artist first, or how that all goes—the politics of it. So on this album, there's only one song he did not write, and that is uh, the fourth track called "Pray About Everything." But oh, really? Otherwise, he's he's listed as a writer on every other song with these other songwriters. So like, huh. you make a good point. It's, it seems like these are his co-writers, so he must have had. Good connections or good reputation at that point to get in the same room with some of these people. Yeah, I mean, how long have you been in Nashville by that time? You know, he already had the, like we said, the Billy Carrington song. So he was recognized for songwriting. And, and yeah, he just kind of made the choice. He's probably just like, guys, I think I'm going to, like, try to do this on my own. I want to be an artist. And they're like, oh, well, let's just take all these songs that we've been writing for the last few years. And here's your album, you know. Yeah, and I'm always curious too how many of those, how many of the songs on this album or other songs that different artists might have been holding at the time, and you know how bad do they want to fight for it, you know, or, right. or how how big is the artist that's holding it, like you know, because I want to cut it for yeah. my album. Uh, exactly. So uh, album reviews, um, a quick one from Country Standard Time said Brian quote proves his versatility on an album that combines twangy vocals and fiddles with catchy melodies. I would say that's pretty accurate. I think that's a to sum up an album in a sentence. It's, I mean it's hard as <laughs> hell to do, but I that that somehow did it. I think that's I think that's fair. Um Go a little bit deeper. Uh, our favorite Thom Jurek from All Music Review. Uh, just a few lines here. Uh, Luke Bryan's debut album for Capital Nashville is about as country as the music gets these days. Now that's interesting. Uh, rather than yeah. rather than borrow from Tim McGraw or Big and Rich, he takes his inspiration from more timeless and perhaps time-worn carriers of the Nash Vegas tradition, like Randy Travis and Alan Jackson. Brian's also a songwriter in the best sense of the world, especially when it comes to sticking close and true to the topical side of country music, from mama and praying to food and love and its loss to individuality and trucks. So despite the calculating swing for the fences nature of Brian's debut, he is genuinely gifted and executes nearly flawlessly. This record will sound just fine five or ten years from now, if a little cheesy on the production nuances, which is a lot more than one can say for some of his contemporaries. Brian is a singer and songwriter to watch as a recording artist. So a little to unpack there, but uh, I guess the reason I chuckled at uh, the fact that they mention it's as country as the music gets these days, which... I would agree for the time it was a very country sounding, but this, this person had no idea what was coming next, but I guess I don't, I don't want to, we can go back and forth to, 
2007 versus 2020. But in the moment, I th- I think they're right. Like this was a very country sounding yeah. album. Why did he mention Tim McGraw and Big and Rich in the same sentence like that? I don't like that. Like what? Like if you're gonna say something, be like uh, Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney or Tim McGraw and Brad Casey, but like Big and Rich, like uh, that bothers me out of anything else. So this was all right. This was what mid two thousands. I'm trying to think of what. Tim McGraw had out at this time. Let me just do a quick. 2004 was his Live Like You're Dying album. So. I don't know what was after that. All right. So. 2007, he had songs like. This is Tim McGraw now. Uh, Last Dollar, Fly Away. Oh, so good. I Need You with Faith Hill. If you're reading this. Um, 2006, when the stars go blue, and my little girl, I don't, I don't really know it. Yeah, you know, I guess in a cup. Yeah, that, that lumping those two together, I guess, doesn't make a ton of sense. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm all for throwing shade at this person. I don't even know. Them. I'm sure they're nice, but. Yeah, I feel like it's so funny because I'm sure this person probably did. Maybe not. Maybe they just can't handle it. But they probably, um, they probably. What am I trying to say? You know, did his next album reviews? <laughs> probably just couldn't handle yeah. that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the exact same. But if all of a sudden Luke Combs is would change his sound, we after his first album, we'd be like, "Whoa, yeah, what's what's that?" And it's not exactly the same, but. Yeah, because honestly, Luke Combs doesn't sound as country as this album from Luke Bryan sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, this sounds super country. Also, this is like a really weird side note, but when you're on Spotify and you're looking up an artist, if you type in Luke, Luke Combs pops up first, at least on mine, before Luke Bryan, which is so weird. Yeah, it might be. I don't know how they do their algorithms. I don't know if it's based on your listing or everyone's listening as a whole curious yeah we'll to find out maybe it'll change after today or something add that to your list of people or add that to the list of questions we'll ask a spot about spotify person sometime okie dokie so you mentioned earlier that your one of your favorite songs we wrote in trucks was released as a single and i want to talk about the singles because it's a debut album and i mean typically most albums get what three to four and with this this album they got three singles yeah. uh so all my friends say peaked at number five followed up by we wrote in trucks which sputtered out at 33 which is we'll talk about that in a second here it's very surprising it blows my Perhaps. mind yeah. um and then the last one they released um was country man which went to number 10 so you know from that perspective a top five and a top 10 hit pretty good for a debut project but yeah but i don't know yeah i remember when all my friends say i think that song i wasn't a huge fan of that song and it was always playing on the radio that's what i remember and then i think even even like some luke bryan fans 
came later, right? They came when it was oh. um, country girls shake it for me. Yeah, that right, right. And so then, like when you're at his concerts, he still plays like country man and stuff. People are like, oh, I didn't know he sang this song. <laughs> like, I just think it's kind of funny. I mean, the songs did well for him, but people still kind of forget that he sang them. But if you're not a true fan, maybe, or weren't there from the beginning, you wouldn't know. But it just kind of has a two-career phase, almost. Yeah, I mean, I, I recognize all my friends saying Countryman, but I think my first Luke Bryan song that really stood out to me was Do I, which is on a sophomore album. Uh, but I, I don't... Rain makes corn, come on, that was the real one that got it going. I mean, from a com- yeah, I guess for majority of people in commercial, but yeah, Mia's what 2007, 2009, I don't know, high school Aaron. Like, do I was the one of the first ones that kind of jumped out to me, and uh, it was his first number one too. So that might be why. Yeah, but so I listened to We Rode in Trucks because I saw this was released as a single before I listened to the whole album, and it just blows my mind that. It, it ended at 33. Right. Oh, it's such a good song. It's just like, oh, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just so comforting. It's such a good country song. It's just the message of it, this, the production of the song, and Luke's vocals. Part of me wishes that if he were to do a greatest hits, I don't know if he's done one already or if he's on, he could do a second volume. So. But yeah. I would I would love for him if he releases that to release this one as a single again. I don't know if that's right. allowed. Like, oh, you already got enough spins, or I don't know, because it's yeah. it's too good of a song not to crack the top twenty, let alone the top thirty. I don't know. Right, right. Like it starts off and it's like, now where I was born was heaven on earth, and like i don't know i feel like so relatable to that because sometimes it does feel that way you know and yeah. it's like oh i wish i owned a truck <laughs> right but, i mean but even you didn't even if you didn't drive a truck that you get the metaphor and you get the right. the storyline you know you might be the driving Plymouth. around in like a plymouth breeze <laughs> but you could still relate sure. you're, you're driving on back roads and yeah long driveways it's one of those it's one of those better songs about like small town living. I think like sometimes those songs can come off very, um, forced cookie cutter. Yes. Um, and this one didn't feel that way. Um, so I feel like, yeah, especially because it was on his first album, it feels sincere or maybe if like Luke would have put it on, like his kill the lights album, people would have been like, Oh, he's just looking to try to be country again, blah, blah, blah. Right. Where I'm glad it was on this album because this is like the true, look at who Luke Bryan was when he was first starting out. Right. When he was playing in the different country bars and clubs in yeah. Georgia and Nashville and whatever, trying to get his big break. Yeah. Uh, so I guess when you look at the singles, did they get it right? Is my question just from these three. And then if you had to add a fourth, which one would you have picked? Yeah, I think they did get them right. Like, commercially, these three are the most appealing, I think, to, like, the masses. Um, I think the other one I would have said... Okay, so when I first started listening to the song, First Love Song, I was like, oh, this could have been a single. 
but it seemed like a very slow, like it felt like mm-hmm. it should have been like a little bit faster. Um, so I crossed that out and then I said, you make me want to could have been the other single. You want to know something funny in my notes? I have mid tempo song could have been a radio release TBH to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about, about you make me want to. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah, I, I think so too. They the the songs that they released to radio, I'm not saying that they're my favorite songs on the album, but from a commercial right. standpoint, I mean it's it's hard to argue with a, a top five and a top ten song on a debut project. You know, obviously we yeah. we know what it's done for his career, but I would right. agree. I think they got it right. And I mean, we wrote in trucks. I'm sure if I was in those decisions, in those meetings, I'd be pounding the table to have that one released. Yeah. And it just, it just, yeah. it puttered out, unfortunately. Unfortunately. That is a shame. And they probably were surprised at it, too. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Were there, let's get to, let's go to Hidden Gems. So there's, there's 11 songs on this album. Which, which ones are the ones that jump out to you as, like, Ooh, I'm so glad I listened to this album again or I checked it out for the first time. Yeah, I liked uh, Over the River because it's just kind of fun and swampy and I just, I liked the, the production of it. Um, and then I also liked the song Tackle Box. <laughs> Clearly you did too. So those are probably my other two. I know which one you like because I saw your tweet today. And it's too dark. Doesn't, doesn't do much for me. I don't know. I think it's one of those songs. So the car in front of me, I would never recommend it as like a, a radio release commercially. Yeah. But I think the the songwriting and the storytelling is is really good. And for me, it was kind of relatable because. You know, it ta- it's it's a small town family, you know, religious folks type of song where it's small town. It's it's the girlfriend that became the wife that became the mother of his kids, and they went to Wednesday Bible study, and all of a sudden the third verse comes. I did not see it coming. <laughs> I shut I, up. You didn't. No, so here's here's how I how I how I do these is maybe maybe ahead of time I'll I'll play it as I'm doing something else or working on some work or whatever and just kind of in the background. And I think I did that with this album and a couple of weeks ago, but I typically I pull up the lyrics and I listen while I read the lyrics at the same time and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a such a good just like a good story. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like this is, this is a great like love story of like a hometown couple, like high school sweethearts. And then also in the third verse, when, when, okay. Anytime you mention anytime the word doctor is used in a song, it's not good. And it's not, it's just not good. And, I was just like, shit, 
this this <laughs> this is not this is not the way I wanted this song to go. And obviously, I don't know how else it would have gone, but it just it hit me, and I'm like, dang. And and for me, like that's, I I'm not saying I would jam out to that song if it was on the radio or heck of my drive back to Wisconsin, but. I'm like that. That's a great piece of songwriting. That it's it's a story and it, it's kind of a surprise. And it just made me. It just caught my attention. And it just. I didn't cry or anything, but I was like, it, it, it made yeah. me. It made me feel something. And I'm like, that. That's what you want from a country song. So. It kind of gave me. Um, Reba. Like to the crowd. No, don't. Well, probably Reba, but don't take the girl. Because mm, yeah. like, don't take the girl. Right. You start when they're kids, and then it starts. Then it goes to when they're like in their twenties or whatever, and then it ends with the death and a birth. So I, the funny part is like you didn't see it coming, especially with the song. Like even the title of it, "The Car in Front of Me," it starts playing. I'm like, oh well, this has to end with like um, a funeral, you know? It just has to. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm either too naive or too dumb to see that coming. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It was just. Just because it was such a slow, like, somber song. Like, it would have been, like, peppy and upbeat. I would have been like, oh, how is this going to end? But, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to end. I mean, it could have ended with grandkids or something like that, or them them dying, you know, holding each other's hands, like, in the notebook or something. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's so funny. But, (laughs) I know, I know. It's just like, man, it just got me. Uh, A couple others that you mentioned first love song. And I would agree as far as it, I don't know if it'd be great on radio, uh, but I think it's, I, look, I actually Googled it too. And it's, it's a, it's a wedding song that people choose as either, really? their, either their first dancer, you know, walking back on, back up the aisle, down the aisle, you know, after you're officially husband and wife. Yeah. If you look yeah. up, if you Google uh, country songs, for wedding or whatever that's that's listed in there so i get that so we could probably get some some singles and quarters here and there for from the royalties but tackle box just right in the feels again it's not something made for radio but there's the thing i think it could have done radio there's i think with Some of the songs that it needs to either be, how can I put it? It, it you're swinging for the fences, right? It's it's either yeah. going to be a home run or a dud. We've seen some Chris Stapleton songs, for example, that you would think, how's that really going to do on radio? And it's like does really well. And others, you know, are struggling in the '30s, '40s, and I think that would yeah. be one of those two. Or it's like, man, if it catches he, on, yeah. Yeah, because then it all becomes about, like, timing and what other songs are out there at the moment, like, all that. I mean, if you're going to talk for Stapleton, I think he did so well because there was, like, a need for that in music. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I don't know, maybe maybe Tim McGraw and Big and Rich were just too pop at the time that this song would have really done well. I don't know. Still so, you're still going to hold on to that. I love it. I can't believe that they put those two in the same category. For the love of Pete, that is not... Oh, anyways, any, it has to be something else, <laughs> right? Um, any other hidden gems, or do we want to go on to playing Matchmaker? Um, so the only other thing we could talk about is like the title track, "I'll Stay Me." 
Yeah. Thoughts on that? It's kind of an underwhelming song. Here's the thing. It's it's track six, so it's the middle of the album, and it's kind of a... It might be the the weakest track on the album, as weird as that is to say. Yeah. They should have called the album We Wrote in Trucks. Honest to God, they should have called it that. Uh, let's see here. Out of all the songs... Yeah. Or Country Man or something. Yeah. Right. I guess yeah. I guess I, I can see why they call it I'll Stay Me because, you know, he's going to stay true to himself. And a lot of this is who he is and how he was brought up and all that, true. yada, yada. But, um, yeah, I not my favorite, uh, to say the I'm least. Um, so let's play Matchmaker because I think there's I think there's some potential songs here that obviously I don't think Luke. Luke Bryan is going to be cutting any of these again anytime soon or releasing them. Right. Um, but which artists do you think could, or that you would like to, even if they don't release it as a radio single to put on an album and see once see if their, their fan base latches onto it. I feel like Luke Combs could do all my friends say, I feel like he could cut that one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, we rode in trucks. I put Scotty McCreary for that one. Uh, interesting. Him him, and Cole Swindell were the two that kind of jumped out to me. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Cole and Luke are very interchangeable. Like, they can just sing each other's songs, and it's Cause fine. Because they, they do. Mostly, mostly, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, you could... Man, why am I at a loss? Like, who could... I don't know. It seems... Like, and I can only really think of, like, the singles right now. Um, like, those three songs. Who would say, like, Countryman? I don't know. Could Trace Atkins cover that and do, like, a deeper, bluesier version of it? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of just off the cusp right now. Uh, are there any female artists... But you could see singing like we wrote in trucks. No, <laughs> nah, no. Do you? I mean, Ashley McBride's probably an easy an easy answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the thing with a lot of these are even if someone a different artist would cut it, chances are it wouldn't sound the same. It, I don't even know how similar it would sound. You know, it's, I was looking at like, let's take someone so out there like Casey Musgraves. Is there a song on here that she's like, I like that hook or that phrase. Like, can, can we do something with that? That would be. Again, I have no idea which one it'll be, but, um, now maybe first love song. Is there something that she can put her, her, hippie bluesy spin on it um i don't know but for me yeah it was cole swindell and scotty mccurry um the two other songs yeah we rode in trucks i would love one of them to do it or pray about everything i think pray about everything i think that one has potential to be a hit uh it's one of my favorites it just has like a, a nice simple sound to it and i hate saying simple sound to me, that right. to me, it's easy listening. That it's like, yes. oh, I'm not going to skip over that if it's on. Um, 
Yeah. I just, like none of the songs are so iconic or so attached to Luke's name that I can't hear anyone else singing it. Like honestly, anyone could probably take any of these songs and cover it, whether they make it their own or they sing it karaoke, and it would still probably sound fine. Uh, like if you were to ask me, like I'm like a, if someone were to do Country Girl or um, what's this one? Drunk on your love is no, that's that's Brent Elstrich. <laughs> oh man, but like you know, some of his more maybe popular songs, then I would say, okay, maybe only what this person can cover it. But with this album, it feels um, like the songs aren't so closely associated with Luke that they're more like out for grabs that anyone could really take them take them on. This is gonna be a little a side tangent. Side tangent. Side note, because I can't say words correctly. I just thought of an idea that we should, as we're doing these album things, we should come up with a list of songs that we'd feel comfortable singing karaoke. And the next time we're all doing karaoke after, you know, you do our favorites, we asked to do one of these. And if someone in the audience actually like knows it and like, says something to you I feel like there should be some sort of prize like right. money or drinks or something like that I mean can you imagine I mean it would probably have to be Nashville that all of a sudden you get right. up you get up on stage and you sing we rode in trucks like part of me thinks there might be someone oh, that'd be like definitely. that sounds familiar like I that's Luke Bryan and you want to be best friends like if you know someone that appreciates like those hidden gems as much as you you're like okay we're gonna be best friends now or we're gonna get married like one of the two yes preferably <laughs> both yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh so matchmaking aside this album i get when we look at the metal stand i think it's a little tricky to look at it because this project is so different from his others so are we basing it off of what luke's sound is like now and what majority of his career is or you just look at the complete collection of songs in the album does this one make the metal stand if not does it come close what are your kind of initial guesstimations yeah it, it doesn't make my metal stand wah, wah. Uh, because first of all crash my party is his best album Green. there's no denying that um, and then I would say tailgates and tan lines and doing my thing round out but then i also love his spring break album like the first one here to party (laughs) has some jams and um then i'll say like his last his last two albums kill the lights had i think one song on it that i liked what really yeah Uh, yep Mm -hmm. i mean i I love that one. I'm surprised that's the only song that you liked on it. I mean, Hunt and Fishing is on there. It's not bad. Home Alone Tonight is fine, but oh my God, Kick the Dust Up. <sighs> Kill the Lights. Nope. Um, guess, yeah. we're not, guess we're not going to re- be reviewing this album anytime soon. Mm. And then like, is his latest one, the, the What Makes You Country, is better. So Agreed. I would say Kill, Kill the Lights is my least favorite. If I could take that song fast off of there and just drop it anywhere else, it would be, yeah. But this album that we're reviewing, I'll Stay Me, 
Um, would you would you put this? Would you rather listen to uh, this album or Kill the Lights? Two songs. I guess I might choose "Kill the Lights" over this one, minus "We Rode in Trucks." Fair, yeah. It's it's tricky. I think for me, I'm in total agreement that "Crash My Party" is head and shoulders above any other albums. Yeah, it's it's clearly the gold medal, and we'll have to do that one sometime. For sure. But and some of the other ones are are really good too. I, I do think this one is closer than more people would think um just because i think it's that it's a it's a different sounding luke bryan i think there's something really cool about that absolutely that i think i think even people that hate luke bryan for whatever reason the music he makes now yeah i think they would still appreciate this album and i think they would play the heck out of it but maybe not uh yeah it's it doesn't make my metal stand but it's yeah. It's definitely it I can't think of it's an analogy. Quality, yeah, yeah, quality work. Um where I guess some of the songs on like his latest or like Kill the Lights seem I don't want to say like far fetched but not like authentic and they seem very just like uh I don't know, thrown together kind of um yeah, I don't know. That's just me. I'm not a big fan of Kick the Dust Up is not a great song. Same. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we talked a couple episodes ago about Eric Church's, you know, Sinners Like Me. It was his debut before, you know, he really got commercialized. And not saying he's let anyone really influence his music or change anything. But I think there's, when we look at those debut projects, I think there's something uniquely special about them because it's yeah. who they were before they became famous, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, right, when there's maybe more opportunities or, yeah, you're you're perceived. Like, people have these outside views of you and that pressure probably is overwhelming and Luke's just got to stay Luke. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I think we're in agreement on that. Overall thoughts on the album? As we part, I mean, honestly, rewrote rewrote in trucks is the best thing to come from the album, and it's a flipping shame that it didn't do well on the charts. Um, but otherwise, it was kind of just nice to um, listen to. He sounds real country, like not not saying he like has lost his twang, but I think the twang with like the steel guitar and like all these very country sounding instruments was just a lot like it's a little unrecognizable at times. Yeah. It's, it almost makes you think that it's not Luke and you're like, if there was Brad Jones, the country singer, if he would just cut every one of the songs on this album and put it out now, I'd be curious to know what it would do when people be like, dang, there's this new up and coming country artist. Like check out some of the songs. I don't know. Uh, before I get to my final thoughts, when you were listening to this, did you look up any of the lyrics or pay any super detailed, uh, close attention to them? 
I mean, I listen to the lyrics. Why would I need to read them if I'm listening? Do you do you remember? There's I, I forgot to bring this up earlier. It, it honestly okay. made me it made me laugh. On um, the second track on the album is called "Babies on the Way." Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's it's about that he's country and the girl he he met yeah. she's definitely not. And there's oh, what song is it? Um, uh, which one am I think or what she wants tonight? No, no. Which song recently did he do that um, had had like the country couple going to the city and the city cu- couple coming to the country? Ah. Oh, oh sh- strip it down. Might be. No, maybe. I think you're right. But it's anyway. So that's that's kind of the theme of the song. And in the opening verse, <laughs> this line this line just cracked me the hell up. She mentioned that she loves this kind of sushi, veggie, raw and edgy, natural stuff, but I'm feeling out of place, but baby's on the way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I want to... It's just like, how many country songs have the word sushi in it? But baby's on the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... I mean, it's it's a it's a catchy beat and stuff, dude. I think some of the lyrics are a little cheesy, but I'm like, I yeah, uh, the sushi, and I'm like, I don't, I want to frame it, but they're not recognizable lyrics or like right, anything like, inspirational or profound. <laughs> like, I wonder if that was like, did they come up with anything else to put in there? Was this like the best verse they could find? I don't. There's another one too. I thought maybe I'm thinking of a different lyric in a different song, but um, let's see here. Yeah, it's yeah. Maybe there's a different way that could have said like uh, she mentioned she loves. I don't know, overpriced salad, and I enjoy chicken wings or something. I don't. I don't know, but I just thought I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think it's just a little cheesy, but I'm like. Sushi in a country song. That's that might be a first. Yeah. Um, but I guess yeah, I'm in pretty much agreement with you on the album as far as overall thoughts. I think they got the singles right. I think that's the most important part of an album, especially yeah. a debut album. Uh, not saying they are my favorite, but um, you listen to the rest of the album. There's a lot of good quality songs on there that I think they're the ones that. You can hit play on a country playlist, and if you insert those, people are going to be like, that's a really good song. Who sings that? You're going to be like, Luke Bryan sang this on his debut album. That's that's kind of my main takeaway yeah. is you can kind of infuse that with, if, if you're more of like the traditional um, country fan or modern traditional country fan, I don't, there's so many different kinds now. I don't even know how to describe it. But yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think there's a lot of good quality in here, and obviously this set him up for future projects that he knocked out of the park. So good job, yeah, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Crushed it. Crushed it. Well, uh, this was fun. I enjoyed listening to his album, chit-chatting, and the whole works. So it's your turn next. I'm going to come up with our next album to chat about. And oh boy. no pressure. <laughs> You always pick, like, I don't want to say, like, obscure ones, but I'm always just like, 
Um, what songs do I really want to listen to over again? Well, I, part, yeah, part of me wants to like. That's what I like. I like diving deep into these and kind of get a sense of what was what was the climate like at the time. Like, why would a person compare Tim McGraw to Big and Rich? Uh, right. oh. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to keep bringing that up now. Or why, you know, which this album has a song about sushi. Like those are kind of the weird things <laughs> yeah. uh, that I enjoy. So yeah, go pick whatever your heart wants to pick, whether it's out there or not out there. So stay tuned folks. We'll be back with another episode next week. Um, but in the meantime, check out our social media apps, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we share all of our content there, but it can also be found on our website, raised at blog.com. And uh, if you're listening to this, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And uh, stay tuned. We got some fun stuff coming down the pipe. Woo-hoo. Toodles. Toodles.